This episode of The Great Equalizer is brought to you in part by Fun Bites, the international award-winning food cutter, creating bite-sized fun. For the full Fun Bites range, visit takealot.com. This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Jersey. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. This week on The Great Equalizer, Sam sweats the small stuff. Charlene is more than whelmed, but in a good way. And we unpack the seedy underbelly of South Africa's mommy-focused social media scene with local YouTube and Instagram sweetheart, Aisha O'Reilly. Hello. Hello. How goes it with you? I'm good. I'm good. I am feeling uh, stronger every day after my surgery. If those for those listeners who have listened to our uh, most recent episode, I every day I'm a little bit more mobile and feeling a little bit stronger. I'm looking forward to getting into some kind of an exercise routine again. How um, much longer mostly, do you have to? Is it like a six week wait? Like. Like yeah, I, I, I'm going to give it six weeks just because the cut was, it was on my C-section cut. And even though I'm I'm not as sore as I, I was after my C-sections, but then they didn't do anything to my uterus this time around. It was literally just, they cut a hole in my belly. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm getting stronger. I'm feeling good. I have had, it was, it was quite an interesting way to kick off the year because I've really been feeling not overwhelmed, but I've been feeling strong feelings of gratefulness. I feel grateful Gratitude. for. Yeah. So you you told me last night you're feeling over like overwhelmed, but it was like a good overwhelming feeling. Yes, it's like a a, a strong feeling of being grateful has washed over me, um, which I suppose going into a hospital and being ill can do to you. Um, but I, yeah, I feel grateful for my kids. They're at a really cute stage and they just, I know it's always fleeting because from one day to the next, they can be little assholes at any given time. But you know what they say about you start living your best life once you uh, appreciate what you have. And I, I, I want to do more of that this year because we've got a good little life that we've built here, uh, our little family of four. And we might not have everything we always want and it might not always be smooth sailing, but we have so much to be grateful for. And that's really my overwhelming feeling at this point in life. Well, I funnily enough, I think that this ties in quite nicely to my update for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like, I last week I struggled, man. I sweat all the small stuff. I, <laughs> <laughs> I've scaled down significantly on my work, but you know me, that doesn't come naturally to me. I don't like it. And I find myself really frustrated when I can't get shit done. Um, mm. So for anyone wondering, you know, like I said last week, if I post a... a picture online of me having finished a workout I get a lot of dms going you I don't know how you do it you're just a power mom superwoman 
I'm just like, okay, I managed once last week and I I don't, you know, do it. I don't get it all done. It's, it, I drop so many balls. There are so many tantrums in my life, many deep breaths, many household fights. I don't have this shit waxed. It's always a work in progress. I don't think it's ever going to be waxed. And, um, you know, I've been feeling a lot of feelings of resent for my husband who, when he needs to work, his work is prioritized and... Um, you know, I feel less alive when I when I'm not productive. It's not work mm. because I need to get money. It's work so that I feel more myself. That's yes. You can fulfill your own. You need to feel fulfilled as well. Like do the things that you love to be able to to express yourself in that that sphere. Yeah. So I sent you something, and I'm going to share it with our listeners now. And I think it ties in a lot with what you were saying of just appreciating your family of four. And looking at, uh, you know, simplifying, but also, you know, just appreciate, appreciating where you're at right now. Um, Ray sent me a soundbite from Canadian psychologist Jordan Peterson. And love him or hate him, I'm not sure where you stand. But this, this soundbite really resonated with me. When you have a, a baby, say, it's, you can't believe it. And you can't believe that you're going to be able to figure out what to do with this thing. Like, it's like. It's the most complicated thing you've ever had and no one has helped you figure out how to do it. So you're stuck. And then like three months later, it's like you can't really imagine what life would be like without that baby. And then it's sort of like, this goes on forever. That's how it feels, <laughs> but it doesn't. Right. You have little kids for four years. And if you miss it, it's done. That's it. So you got to know that. It's, you know, lots of things in life you don't get to do more than once. Now, obviously, you can have more than one child, but the, all I'm saying is that period between zero and four, zero and five, there's something about it that's really, it's like a peak experience in life. And it isn't much of your life, you know, because you think of it as a long time. It's not that long, man. Four years goes by so fast you can't believe it. And if you miss it, it's gone. So you miss it at your peril and you don't get it back. And that's not, I know what, with your career, you miss opportunities, you fall behind. This happens to women a lot. It's part of the reason for the pay gap. And it's really hard on women, you know, although no one knows what to do about it. So, and I would also say, well, you talk to each other, try to minimize your, your financial requirements to the degree that you can. See if there's other ways that you can generate income. But, and do your, come to a, consensual solution and try not to torture yourself with guilt with whatever you come up with but do remember because you know you've got financial responsibilities and often you need two incomes and there's there's no easy way of dealing with it and for women it you often seems that no matter what they do it's wrong right they stay home with the kids it's wrong if they go to work it's wrong if they do both it's wrong and, and I, I'm like I'm not being smart about that mm -hmm. that's rough man mm -hmm. but I but having said all that I would say again you got little kids for four years. Don't miss it. You will regret it. Doesn't make it any easier. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but I feel like but this is, week you're more at yeah. peace with this idea. You know what? I'm, I'm more and more at peace with it every day a little bit more. because, And it's weird because since I've, since I've embraced it and accepted it, 
and just like, yes, it's chaos. And some days they're naughty and it's tiring and exhausting and other days not so much. But it is just, you know, I think it is because Joshua turned five and he has just, I don't know if it's like a little switch flicked and he's just such a, he's not a different kid. He's still the same kid, but there's different nuances about him. And I'm realizing that I'm losing my grip on that, that little firstborn Mm -hmm. a little bit more every day. And I guess it's just made me realize that it's fine. The whole world can go to shit around me, but this is where I'm at right now. And this is what's important. I'm going to embrace it. Yeah. Still hard for me. I've, I've got to be honest. And we can go into a long feminist rant about the pay gap and why can't the dads stay home and why can't roles be reversed. But for my household, and I can only speak for myself, and like I said, I don't have it waxed, but I'm the one who wants to breastfeed my baby and has made the choice not to send him to creche so that I can get the hours in. I might eat my words in two weeks. But let's see. <laughs> I'm the one who wants to be there for all of the milestones. I'm the one who wants to take Elijah to all his extra murals. I want to be the snack giver when they get home in the afternoon. And I want to be the homework helper. I'm not saying I don't want my husband to be that if he's home and he happens to to be doing that. But if it's a choice between, okay, you go out and, and you know, earn uh, what we need to live off of, um, or I do, I, I don't want Ray to be the stay-at-home dad because I want a little piece yeah, of Yeah, you don't want to miss that. it, yeah. I don't want to miss mm. it. And I have to be realistic about the fact that in our household, my husband earns more than what I do, and I actually know household where, households where that's not the reality. So um, things are changing in the world, but at the same time, uh, I don't know. And maybe we should uh, chat more about it. But I, So I'm battling with that. I'm sweating the smaller things and I have to remember that overarching, okay, this is where I'm at in life right now and to mm. have a little bit more grace with myself. And look, there's another thing that can confuse the heck out of my identity and self-worth as a mom and that is social media. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I I have like a love-hate relationship with social media at any given time. I have my days where I'm just loving it and I I get I get sucked into it and I it makes me feel great to to see the stuff uh, uh, as far as like the, like parenting momming content for example is concerned and then other days I'm just like meh this is making me feel shit about myself so it's a very weird space it's, for yeah. me at any given moment it's, in time. It's tough to navigate. And with with this in mind, I thought that we'd take the opportunity to delve into the the heady world of the mom community on our local social media channels. After this, I might be, um, you know, hung at the stake. But uh, let's see how it goes. So uh, social media, it's what's on our agenda today. Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planets Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are women and it comes naturally to us, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. Okay, Sam, so, <laughs> I mean, I know you and I talk a lot and we bounce ideas and, and feelings off of each other, but 
when when you are like, I want to talk about this. Let's talk about this. I know something prompted it. And so even though we share the same views often on topics, I want to know um, what happened. What happened? Where did this idea for this episode come from? So you need to spill. Ish. Okay. So I'm, like I say, this this is probably going to land me in hot water. Um, but yeah, you're right. That, several things have happened. And I think it's a journey that I've taken um, from pregnancy. So from about middle of last year, and actually, the, the genesis of The Great Equalizer was me just not relating a lot to what was out there in terms of mom-related content. I'm like, I yeah, I love a lot of content, but a lot of it didn't feel me. Um, but then come last year, I think being in lockdown and that you start to make friends with the people that you follow on Instagram, or at least I did in the momming community, I... And I know that it, it can sound very superficial, but I, I did. I, I, I wasn't seeing my besties. I wasn't seeing you. I was starved for um, people that I could relate to and chat with. And, you know, your Insta buddies are there because they're in the same boat and they're, they're online. So you know that I've always been, I've been super confused and overwhelmed by the big bad world of Instagram specifically. Um, and it even caused a panic attack when I was pregnant last year because it became, my world on Instagram became really small and I forgot that I am in control of what I exposed myself to. I, I became really anxious about what I was seeing. I felt like I had to post certain things and I had to agree with certain people and I became a person that I really didn't like. And thankfully you were also there to remind me and to bring me back down to ground and to be like well Sam cut it you know it's not it's not worth it and I've seen and I've, I've grown a lot there was a lot of muting that happened in December not because I don't like certain people but because I'm trying to control my space and so Just to I distance yourself mentally and emotionally from certain not topics necessarily, but conversations and things that were going around mm. that was affecting you emotionally. And what I did was I muted my stories. And so I only have like companies and um, news outlets and that on my stories, very few people. And the people mm. I'm exposed to on my grid. So I now have a choice of what my brain is bombarded with. That's okay. So that's what I did personally. Then most recently I've seen a lot of moms in my WhatsApp postpartum support groups feeling really shit about themselves because they gave up breastfeeding or their babies are constipated, weaning isn't going well, their babies aren't sleeping through the night. Um, and the common source of this mom shame that, that they have on themselves is always social media because mom bloggers and influencers look like they have things waxed. Um, and and there's a there's a large discussion around influencers and influencees and all of that. And I really want to just share something that like eventually I was like, I have to talk about this because a listener who fast became a friend announced at the, at the beginning of the month that she was um, going off of social media and she didn't know when she'd be back. And I immediately yeah. texted her and I was like, wait, 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 don't like I, I'm we're on WhatsApp, right? Look, I'm gonna miss that person so thankfully we like got to chatting on whatsapp 
I was just going to say to you, because you're like, you can mute people, you can unfollow them, you can do those things. Um, but don't forget that you can actually just not go into the <laughs> app or, or like pick up your phone, you know. So <laughs> We so forget that because exactly. it, it becomes so habitual. Well, they, I mean, because it, de- it depends on how you use and how you view social media. So this particular person, I touched base with her on WhatsApp and I was just like, I don't want to lose touch with you. I respect that you're not going to be on Instagram. So can we carry on chatting on WhatsApp. And yeah. so I did ask her to share a little bit about why she left social media. And this was what caused me to take the leap um, to do this episode. So on the 4th of January, I uninstalled all of the social media apps. Um, I did it because I was spending way too much time on my phone. Also, I guess I'm an influencee, and honestly, I was starting to dislike how that felt. Um, I just wasn't feeling great about myself. And I was also spending money on random shit because I was seeing so much targeted advertising. So I left, and it's been such a good month for me. I feel better about my own life. I've read nine books. I'm spending quality time with my kids without being distracted by my screen. Um, And yeah, I still haven't decided when or if I'll go back. I'm listening to that and I'm thinking to myself, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I'll be that brave to like just <laughs> cold turkey it. <laughs> but I was so chuffed with her. I was like, hey, well done. So, okay, look, we've got a lot to talk about because this, and this is what prompted me is like, this is, this is a hot topic. This is, there's a lot of things that are left unsaid. Yeah. But as usual, we're not experts in this field, right? Yeah, I guess it where it becomes a little bit more of a gray area. Um, I, I'm not even sure where we stand when it comes to social media, as far as the podcast TGE, the Great Equalizer, is concerned, because we're present on social media, mm. but our content that we put out to our audience is the the spoken discussions between you and I, our actual podcast. Um, we are we consumers. Are we creators? Mm. I mean, we we seem to straddle both worlds, which would explain our headspace on this issue. It's a little bit confusing. Yeah, it's a hotly, hotly contested issue that makes for huge debates. Um, my role and my thinking around it changes daily. What is our role as consumers? What is our role as creators? Or dare I say it, influencers? Is it only one or the other? Does Instagram only consist of brands? And the influence that promote those brands, have we lost sight of the average Joe just wanting to hold the space for their memories and, you know, like a, use Instagram as a photo album? I don't know. The, it's, the, the limit is endless. You know, there is no limit, actually. Well, luckily, as with all of the topics that we discuss here, Sam, I mean, we, we don't have to navigate this alone. Maybe this is a good time to then bring in our guest. Guys, our guest this week is a self-proclaimed storyteller, professional chatterbox, maker of humans, and someone who shares her truth to inspire others to embrace theirs. Oh, Sam, is it me? No. (laughs) It could be, but no. Uh, This guest also set out on the World Wide Web by making it her mission to save afros and natural hair. Oh, oh, well, then it can only be the indomitable Aisha O'Reilly, vlogger, mm. blogger, podcaster, and all-round stand-up mama. This chick isn't going places, guys. 
because she's already been there. <laughs> right. Aisha is thebomb.com and we are so proud to have her on the show. Welcome, Aisha. Thank you, ladies. What an amazing introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, only for the indomitable Aisha O'Reilly. Really. Thank you very much. I'm going to add that to my profile. Yes, (laughs) please do. We are so chuffed to have you on the show and to pick your brain around this topic. But first, we um, need to ask you what we ask all our guests, and that's um, who calls you mom? Okay, so I have two children now, which it's still just uh, quite quite something to sort of come to the realization of. Um, I have two kids and (laughs) they are called Kai. Kai is four years old and his little brother Kenzo, who is seven months young. Yeah, those two call me mama. I have to say, you make beautiful babies. Oh, thank you. I can't even say, oh, you know who Kenzo looks like? So-and-so's little one, this. I've never seen kids that look like yours before. They are <laughs> just beautiful. Have you seen, have you looked at pics in detail, yeah, Charlene? I mean, oh. I absolutely love her feed. I love when you post about your kids and I love their names. Thank yes, you. Yes, true. So, um, Thanks. Oh, ooh, I'm sideswiping you now. I did not prepare no, you for fine. this, but will, is there, <laughs> will there be a third little um, uh, baby O? Is it it like two and done, you know, because I think I'm done. Yeah. Um, Here's the thing, right? My brain says two and done, but my womb is kind of like, I don't think we're quite done yet. (laughs) We can maybe do something else. But my husband is just like, no, babe, this is this is it. So I'm kind of in the moment at the moment, I'm kind of just going back and forth there are times when I'm absolutely in love with both of my kids and I'm just like these these are amazing human beings and I can't believe I made them and they're just beautiful and they're funny and they're sweet (laughs) and then there are other times I'm just like okay no I'm done (laughs) this is it like (laughs) no more going through teething no more Mm. going through you know sleepless nights none of that I'm done I'm good but yeah, so I haven't decided yet. At the end of the day, I think I'm just going to leave it up to God. Mm, to that's that's a good way to look at it. Also, it's early days for you, Aisha, because um, Kenzo's still small. Mm. Uh, I remember when Jess was small as well. And I, I was like, oh, thank God we made the decision to have me sterilized after the second one. I'm so glad I'm not having another. And yeah. to be honest, now that Jess has turned three, I could actually, <laughs> I, I can actually imagine myself having had another one although I really don't want three children if I was going to have more than two it would have to be four to have an even number and I am having four (laughs) yeah (laughs) but you know that's how they get you isn't it like Mm. it's around year two year three of the previous child that you've conveniently forgotten about the newborn stage and how hectic it is and then you think oh let me just have one more (laughs) because it goes so quickly while you're in it you're like this is torture and then and then you get past the difficult parts and they grow into these cute little people and they have like opinions and ideas and these conversations they have with you and you're just like I made this I'm really good at this I need to make more of these that's exactly (laughs) it that's exactly it you know and I mean for on my side 
you know, I've got the extra pressure of Kai saying that he still wants a baby sister. You know, when he found out that mommy was carrying Kenzo, he wanted a baby sister. And then when we told him it's a baby boy, he was so upset. And yeah, um, but then Kenzo came and they're the best of friends. But the other day he's just like, mommy, mommy, I still want a baby sister. And I'm just like... Uh. (laughs) yeah so elijah was devastated that we didn't call noah katie because he also wanted a sister and the other day he said just that he he said mom i love noah can we buy another one i was like (laughs) wow it's not as simple as that no no (laughs) anyways guys we are here to chat about social media and um the seedy underbelly of of Instagram and um, to a lesser extent Facebook. Aisha takes only a quick Google search to see that you are a formidable content creator in South Africa. So uh, give us some background. Tell us how you um, got started doing what you do. Okay. Wow. Um, it it always I don't know why I've I've told this story so many times, but every time I'm asked it. I always have to just sort of pause and remember because I have been (laughs) exactly that. I've been creating content for a really long time, um, especially compared to the industry in general. Um, So essentially I started technically in 2011. Okay. So it's been 10 years. I still can't believe it. So in 2011, um, it was something very unplanned. I, basically had a really, really negative relationship with my hair, um, something that I know a lot of black women can relate to that, you know, I only, I only viewed myself as beautiful if my hair was long, straight and silky. And so for years, I'd never seen my natural hair. Um, And uh, I had a really bad hair experience um, when I was, I think I was 25 or 26 years old. I think I was 25. Yeah, 25. And um, went to the salon relaxed my hair my half my hair fell out it was just a disaster um and uh you know it caused me to really start thinking about why is it you know why why did I force the stylist to relax my hair even though I had I'd say maybe three centimeters four centimeters of growth I was just so attached to this um ritual of leaving the salon with silky straight hair but it obviously backfired, <laughs> blew up in my face. And um, it just caused me to just have an introspective look into, you know, um, my relationship with my hair, um, my relationship with beauty, how I see myself. And I told my husband um, the next day that, you know what, I'm going to stop relaxing my hair. And he just asked, well, what are you going to do with it then? You know, and I said, well, I have absolutely no clue. I have no clue, but... Um, I'm going to figure it out. And so that's what I did. I started researching um, what options I had if I was going to leave my hair natural. And I stumbled on this amazing world of natural hair, which at that time was only really popping, you know, in the US and Europe. It wasn't really big here. You know, I came across maybe one hair blogger here at that point. And so I just started documenting, you know, uh, my journey into learning how to take care of my hair, what styles would work, um, what products and things like that. It was way before the natural hair movement reached South Africa. Um, 
so I started a blog, but it was private. <laughs> um, it was literally just supposed to be for my eyes only. And I mentioned it to a couple of friends and I gave them the password. It was locked, obviously. So I gave them the password and they would, you know, follow my, my tales and my journey and everything. And one friend became four friends, became five friends. And they, you know, one of my friends told me, look, Aisha, you really need to make this public because this is helping me so much with my hair journey. She subsequently went natural. All of the other friends of mine also went natural. And um, I was just like, okay, well, I'm doing it anyway. So let me make it public. So a year later, that was 2012, I made it public. And yeah, that's how I started. Um, I, I guess, as they say, the rest is history. <laughs> I want to ask yeah. an ignorant question, Aisha. Is sure. the, so if you're saying you're learning how to take care of your hair and how to wear your natural hair, is that not something you learn growing up? No. So wow. that's the thing. Um, and this is, I almost feel like this is a, a massive topic. Hair is huge, um, especially mm. in the black community. So look, I'm not to say no, that all black girls don't learn how to, that's not, that's not what I'm saying at all. But um, when you go to certain countries, when you go to certain areas as well, there, especially like how I grew up and how a lot of black women grew up. I'm, I'm talking about more urban kind of areas, you know. Um, the norm is that at a certain age, you would straighten your hair via relaxer. And relaxer, um, uh, you know, you, you, did, uh, you did sort of preface this with, you know, can I ask an ignorant question? So I'm assuming that you might not be so familiar with the term relaxer and what it actually does, um, because obviously it's not part of, it's not really part of your beauty routine. Right? No, I <laughs> yeah. only happen to know about relaxers or whatever, because from my corporate background, I, I worked mm. with a, a client who did ethnic hair care products, which right. included relaxers. So I happen okay. to know, but I think most white women yeah. in this country don't totally. understand yeah, how, yeah. how challenging it must be. Yeah. Well, relaxer in, you know, I, I know in the US, they also call it a perm. Um, it's essentially, it's, uh, you know, chemical chemicals that permanently straighten your hair mm, okay mm. so um our natural hair as black people if you the the best way i can describe it is if you think of an afro that's how our hair naturally looks mm, like right mm. and it's it sometimes it gets a little bit tricky to explain the whole situation of hair now because afros are like cool now you know they're like trendy now mm. but you know, there's a long and very painful history when it comes to black hair, um, mm. and especially here in South Africa, um, mm. where, you know, our hair isn't just, we, we didn't historically just straighten our hair just to feel like we look cute, but it's also from a, you know, employment point of view, um, from yeah, to a look a certain way, view, yeah, to fit look a, a certain, certain way. profile, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, it's directly tied to the historical and political aspects of race um, and what is acceptable, um, what is educated, what is, you know, it's, it's basically aspiring to the Eurocentric beauty ideals and the mm. Eurocentric beauty ideals is straight hair. Mm. Um, so that's where a lot of it has come from. A lot of it has come from a place of assimilation and um, trying to, yeah, fit in, trying to be accepted, trying to look professional, um, or at schools, for example, um, you know, not you, when you look at some schools, unfortunately, still to this day have 
you know, a sort of rules list when it comes to how your hair should be worn. And a lot of them have completely excluded um, hairstyles that are inherent to black people and black Mm. culture. Um, so, so it's, it, it, like I said, we can talk about this for a long time, but it's like a um, topic on its own. Yeah. It's a topic on its own. So essentially, um, I like millions and billions of women, um, around the world as a black woman grew up understanding that to be considered beautiful, to be considered, um, acceptable, I had to have straight hair. And that is a message that is, um, told to us whether, explicitly or implicitly by advertising, by the dolls that we buy, by um, family members, by friends, et cetera, et cetera. So there, most, most, I would say a lot of black women have at one point in their life um, have relaxed their hair. And Mm. sometimes as young as the age of three, as the age of four even. So Mm. it's, um, it's, it's a very deeply entrenched practice and it's almost a, you know, uh, in, in some, in some cases, kind of like a rite of passage, you know, you become a bit more of a woman in a way when you, you get your first relaxer. So, so that's what I mean by, I grew up not knowing how to take care of my natural hair as in my hair that it was not chemically processed has not been chemically straightened. So my Afro in a nutshell. Yeah. What a brave thing to have started that blog. It's so, and it's cool given that we're discussing social media, the fact mm. that it's out there and that it's public, young girls can now learn about this Yeah, from yeah. a young age. Well, exactly. I think, I and, think that's the it, role of social media, right? So yes. we, we've, gotten, we've gotten into it as a way of uh, not only documenting our lives and whatnot but it's grown and developed over the years into speaking your truth and Mm. so what I'm interested in with with you Aisha is that it started out that way and then obviously you became a mom and um, your online persona expanded to include that side of your life I I believe Mm. you even changed your blog's name so it wasn't always Aisha in life it was yeah it was, it was on, my on. fro and I mm. is, um, initially, so it was completely about natural hair, my natural hair journey. Like I said, any it, it started off just as a journal, things that worked for me, things that didn't. And then I started making my own hair products because the products that are currently available here for natural hair now weren't available back, you know, eight, 10 years ago. So I'd make my own hair products. Um, I'd share all of that stuff. And then I started doing style tutorials um, once I started getting comfortable with the basics of my natural hair. So that's when I'd say my blog really blew up when I did my 30, um, 30 days, 30 updos hair challenge. Um, I basically put my hair in an updo style every day for 30 days. And I documented that and I shared that and, um, that, yeah, I mean, women from all over the world were following that. And it was, it was quite an exciting time for my blog. Um, so I think that's when, when a lot of people really started following me and, um, you know, were inspired by my, my styles, because that was something else, you know, back in the day you had an Afro and that was about it maybe styled it one or two ways, Mm. but I really wanted to just push and say, you know, I would like to style my own natural hair if I'm being invited to a wedding. And instead of putting a wig on, how do I do that? How do I come up with a nice hairstyle that still looks cute and pretty with my own natural hair? So, so yeah, it just kind of blew up. Um, And then, yeah, like you said, in 2016, I became a mom and I went through 
you know, that first time mom journey of not knowing what the hell I was doing, um, feeling really inadequate, feeling extremely lonely in that journey. And I just thought, oh, I need to talk about this. And so that's how I rebranded to my current blog name and platform names, Aisha and Life. So uh, I was telling Charlene earlier that this, the idea for this episode came about, you know, being a newly postpartum now for the second time, I'm seeing a lot of first-time moms in my WhatsApp support groups and that. I'm seeing them feeling very bad about themselves for not um, having their babies or their three-month-old sleep through the night or not trying out sleep training if they don't feel comfortable with it. You know, they're always looking for validation out and elsewhere yeah, yeah I, I do the same thing I'm not saying I've got it waxed um, but I, I see them looking for validation from the moms in the group and it keeps coming up how uh, this mom blogger has it like I, I don't know how she waxed. does it you know she's yeah. got it waxed yeah. she um, her kids sleep through the night they're so well behaved they're um, they eat properly they you know and it's I just I, I want to say to them like no you guys don't get it it's not like that so let me not get ahead of myself there's a lot that we can say but um, being a parenting podcast we operate largely in the mommy market space on social media so we follow a lot of mom bloggers um, in addition to to other podcasters and and all that but we really focus on on the mom market and like I say there's a lot we can say from our uh, perspective but as a content creator and influencer yourself and someone who's come up through the ranks over the years, what is your experience of the mom-focused influencer space, the quote-unquote mommy bloggers? You know, how do you, how do you navigate that space? Oh, wow. Okay. So I honestly, if I really had to sum it up, I, I'm, I do me. <laughs> I do me. I mind my own business, you know, um, and because at the end of the day, just going back to what you were referring to of, you know, these, especially the first time moms sort of almost looking for validation and then they sort of feel intimidated by the kind of content that the, the mommy bloggers are sharing. I obviously I can't speak for everybody, but um, what I can say for sure for everybody is that they it's not the full picture. Yeah, it's not the full picture. Um, I think what a lot of people um, forget, and sometimes even my own family does this, right? They they go online, they see a beautiful smiling photo of you and your husband and your kids and all of that. And they think, wow, that's it. That's their life all day, every day. Not realizing and not really remembering that, you know what, just like you, um, you know, viewing this photo from home, I have my problems. We have fights. You know, we, there's tantrums in our house. There's all of that. But we're not, you know, the camera isn't on us 24-7. This isn't Big Brother. <laughs> you mm. know, mm -hmm. if it was, then you would see all of that. But going to, say, Instagram, for example, it is one photo. It is one moment. Sometimes it's a posed moment as well. A lot of the times it is posed. Um, I mean, I can't, I can't even begin to explain to you the number of times that I've, 
been frantically running around making sure that Kai has his underwear on before we're supposed to take photos, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> put your underwear on, you know, like it's, it's backwards and let me fix your hair. And then it's like, say cheese, cheese. And it's, <laughs> you know, but we're not going to share that, you know, because that's not, that that's just, it, it just, Instagram doesn't make room for that, to be honest. Um, and I think also other content creators, some people do feel uh, that they have to be perfect all the time. And so that rubs off on you as well. Cause you're like, Oh, but then I'm the mom that looks messy all the time. And I don't want to be that mom. So it's, it's not a hundred percent real with some people. It's not real at all. I'm just going to be real with you for mm-hmm. lack of a better mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, I mean, the way I navigate that space is, just like I said, just doing me, you know, I've been there, I've done that years ago when, you know, I'd look at someone else and I'd be like, oh, I need to be like that. Or I need to, you know, um, edit my, my videos or my photos this way in order for people to engage better on it. Now I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to do and I'm going to share what I feel comfortable with, what I would like to, um, you know, a story in my life that I'm hoping is going to inspire another mom Um, I want to be honest about it in that moment. It is honest. It's not, like I said, all day, every day that I'm showing, but Mm. the little moment that I do show that's real, you know? So, Mm. yeah. Um, I think it's a case of just trying to keep in mind that a lot of the times people are comparing their entire lives, their entire day to one little square on Mm their their feed that and it it just doesn't measure up so i want to chat a little bit about um curated feeds versus you know the the hashtag authentic you know real getting down and gritty because there's there's two schools of thought you know and instagram's a very visual medium and i follow and i enjoy them um i get a kick out of like the some bloggers that just like have it everything just fits in perfectly there it looks like their whole home is beige I don't know if their kids even have like colorful clothes with dinosaurs on you know um they all have these like rust colored onesies it's it's not my reality it doesn't but I I enjoy looking at those at those grids so the, it's the, the pretty, big, it's, it's aesthetically pleasing, yeah, which is they, obviously why it works. They share all of their wins. Um, all of the toys are open-ended, not plastic, beautifully carved out of wood. And the kids eat the rainbow. They're pleasant and well-behaved. And even though some of these um, Instagrammers say, you know, they get along nicely now, but they do fight. I promise they do fight. And I'm just like, I don't believe you, you know. And I, But I can now, it's taken me a while, I can now handle it in a better way that I used to. What I, what I want to discuss kind of, because I'm still in two minds, even posting myself, is um, there's, a, there's a call from a lot of people for influencers to be more honest about what happens in their life. So um, I have dabbled in a little bit of sort of influencer marketing with Noah. I got a few products and all I had to do was then post about the products to my grid. And I'm just like, cool, I totally support these products, so I'll do that. But it was firstly um, having to take photos of, of your kids, which is no small feat. It's a, big, it's a big deal. I struggle to get Elijah to sit still for anything. And then also, um, you know, I had my big pregnant belly and I'm just like, okay, before I pack my hospital bag, I need to like lay everything out and, and do this. And, 
And I just thought, you know, is it worth it to, like, nobody sees the behind-the-scenes shit show that went on in creating this image. Nobody saw it's that. It's hard work, yeah. And I'm the one who preaches. No, influencers need to be more authentic. They need to. And, and I got to a point where I'm just like, hang on, I don't want to be that vulnerable all the time. You do get mm. some influencers taking selfies while they're crying. And I... I don't feel com- I don't know whether I don't feel comfortable with it because I feel like it's a bit contrived or if I don't feel comfortable with it because it's too real for me and it yeah, doesn't it's private that part of your life you would like to keep private. Mm. So I went through this reckoning with myself where I realized hang on Sam you can't expect that of the influences that you follow you can't expect them to veer away from their perfectly curated grid that you actually love. Um, if you're not willing to get vulnerable with absolutely everything, my yeah. Instagram is 100% a highlights reel. And it's my personal page. But I just want to sort of document where my kids are at. And you know what? There's shit moments that I don't want to document. And yeah. I, as a person, don't feel like I owe it to my audience yeah. to share every little grimy detail of my life. So yeah. I got to a point where I was just like... Shouldn't we all have a little bit more mercy with people who are doing super well on the gram with their perfectly curated feeds? All we need to do is remember that that's just that. It's perfectly curated feed and it's a moment in time and that behind the scenes is the same shit show that we're all going through. Yeah, it's like yeah. a photo album of your wedding album, for example. Yeah. You'll put one funny boo-boo photo in maybe just because it, it was really a cool moment. But for the most part, it's it's the photos that you look the best in, that yeah. you've posed in uh, the best, so that gets your best angle. And it's it's literally a highlights reel. It's the it's the highlights of the day. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And I think that's where I think a, a lot of people um I, I've picked up have kind of, you know what, I call it self-sabotage, to be honest. And I think a lot of moms do this, you know, that they themselves are convinced that they are the worst moms, you know. I oh, God, you know, just I'm going, guilty of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, going to your thing, Sam, because I, I started chuckling with the whole you know, how perfectly clothed these children are and every, every Rest single beige piece of, and yeah, green. They're all, you know, I mean, if people you know, be, not believed, but like if people just thought that Kai only wore what he wears when I take photos of him, then yes, he has a beautiful, like very well-coordinated wardrobe. And I'd like to say <laughs> that kid, man. The mo- for the most part it is, but yes, he absolutely wears like those, those, you know, like character t-shirts, which I absolutely hate, by the way. Because he got the Paw Patrol shirts. He's yeah. got those, okay, you know. Good. Okay. Um, granted, okay. Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit that I'm not the one who usually buys them, <laughs> but he wears them. Okay, he wears them to school because I'm not putting him, you know, in the the nice gray, cool kid clothes stuff to school. I mean, why would I do that? That's expensive. Mm. So no. Um, but you know, I think it is one of those things. What I've definitely picked up, especially with my audience and just speaking to women in general, is that. They're, they're convinced they're the worst moms. They're convinced that they're, un, they're the unstylish moms. They're convinced that they're the ones who don't have shit together, right? Um, sorry, am I allowed to swear on this? 100%. Oh, uh, please. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to just triple check. So, um, 
So, yeah, so they're convinced. So even when, like, I I know that I am being honest when I do share my vulnerable posts, right? And I do it because, first of all, I'm comfortable in doing it. Secondly, Mm -hmm. because I believe that there is another woman out there who needs to read what I've written or needs to watch what I've recorded or whatever it is. Um, But having said that, even though I'm known to do that, I still have people saying, you look like you've got everything together. You look, you're doing it all. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm actually not doing it all. I'll be the first to admit that I'm not. And Mm -hmm. they'll be like, no, but you've got, you know, the perfect husband who helps you. And you've got the cute kids who do this. And like, every time you share a photo, you guys are coordinating. I'm like, yeah, because I took about 15 minutes before I took that photo to lay out our outfits, you know? Mm -hmm. So even though I'm, I'm very honest and upfront about it and I have help, I have a domestic worker who, you know, helps clean my home. I don't clean my home on my own um there is still that sort of almost self-doubt that i think a lot of moms play into and they want to to yes they want like what you're saying sam and i i appreciate that you're honest about it that yes you on one level you want more mommy influencers to be more but then when you do see a pose you're like oh that might have taken a bit too far um (laughs) so it kind of it really for me i'm like i i don't think there is any winning to be totally honest with you i think the key thing is which is what i do i take the content for what it is you know if i am following a certain account because they have beautiful beautifully curated um images i appreciate the art i appreciate the energy and the time that was put into taking that photo and that's it I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, but it must look like that all the time. Mm. And she's got everything perfect and sorted. And then la-di-da, she has no problems in her life. It doesn't extend beyond that. I just look at the picture. This is a beautiful picture. Like, comment, done. Um, If, on the other hand, you know, I do also follow accounts where they are incredibly vulnerable and open, then I also appreciate it for that, you know. And I'm like, thank you for sharing this really brave you know, it's a brave moment for you to to share it with me. And I felt like I was alone and so on and so forth. But then that's it. I'm not thinking that is her only um, mm. problem in life. And that's it. I'm I'm most of the time I'm thinking, wow, you know, that was a great moment that she shared with us. And then I leave it at that. Because mm. um, otherwise, I think we just keep going down this rabbit hole of, you know, expecting perfection. And then when perfection is served to us, we expect non-perfection and we want to see real but then uh what's too real uh, you know do, I, do you want me to post a photo of my leaking boob you know do you want me to sh- to to take a photo of me in my postpartum underwear and put it on <laughs> on instagram uh, you know i can i can explain it in the caption but i don't know if you want to actually see you it, really you want know? to yeah you yeah. know, I think it's 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 so interesting to listen to you, Aisha, because I, um, when I became a mom, I wasn't very active on social media at all. And um, you said earlier that when you became a new mom, you felt quite lonely. And I think most new moms, first-time moms feel that way. You feel quite isolated and um, not necessarily alone in your experiences, but you not imagine that this is how some days this is really how hard it has been for other moms who have come before you and how because you can't help but think geez like yeah. how do women do this you know yeah. <laughs> um so then I you start looking for 
a community of moms. This is really much, really how it was for me. So you start reaching out, you see where there's little, uh, maybe a, a play group or a, a, a mommy coffee meetup or a something so that you can just brave the outside world and maybe like meet with someone or talk to people who are in the thick of it or in the trenches with you. Mm. And then for the most part, you're alone at home trying to feed or just looking after this baby that needs you so much. So it's, it's easy to go onto social media and then start following these moms who give you tips. And if you think about it, from when I became pregnant, it was like, oh, this is the latest pram and this is the nappy bin you should get. And these are the bottles you should use. And so there's a lot of that kind of stuff being not thrown at you, but being put out into the world. And that's what new moms consume. So you're like, you want the best for your kids. So if this is the best nappy bin, then this is what I'm going to get. If this is the best pram, then I have to try and get it. Obviously, to a certain extent, because you're not going to take a second bond on your house to be able to afford, to afford all your baby paraphernalia. But <laughs> I would be lying if I said that I didn't feel that pressure. Yeah. So then you start looking on social media and you start enjoying it because it's beautiful. It's a little bit of an escape from mm. from your ugly reality. And I, it's like almost like the honeymoon phase. It was for me. I look at these women and that they look like they've got their stuff together. And I imagine that I aspire to being there one day as a mom, yeah. which yeah. is really nice. Yeah. And then you get through the trenches and the heartache and the trouble and the, and then I got to a point where I was like, this is making me feel so fucking shit about myself. I just, mm. I cannot deal. Why am I so inadequate? Why can't I be like that? I try. I got the pram. I got the fucking nappy bin. I'm trying to do the <laughs> breastfeeding. I have the breastfeeding pillow. It's not happening for me. And then you get sucked in. And before you know it, you're like, why can't people just be real with me? Why can't people just be real with me kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. And then and then I also some like I I happen to also enjoy like comical uh posts in social media where the reality of the matter it's actually so sad but yeah. you can totally relate because yeah. like you just said I don't know if anybody wants to see a photo of me in my postpartum underwear. Yes, most women probably wouldn't, but here's my question. We hide those things. I'm not saying everybody must put their body on display. But when mm. Katy Perry put a photo of herself postpartum in her, her uh, breastfeeding bra and her um, postpartum underwear, mm. I was like, yes. Yeah. Yes, not because it's Katy Perry. And yeah. I suppose maybe she has a bit more pull because she is Katy Perry. But I was just like, this is what women fucking go through. And we're left to feel shit about ourselves in a room looking after our baby. And mm -hmm. so I've taken a very long route to basically just say to our listeners that it is okay from time to time to feel inspired, I think, by these posts. But then also to remind yourself that to not get sucked in too much into the glamour and the beauty. because And when somebody does do a post that is real and raw, have the respect and kindness to understand what it must have taken for them mm. to put mm. that out there because those mm. are few and mm. far between. I have so much respect for that kind of thing. And mm. I just think that the general nastiness and, and um, bickering that happens over social media 
it's become it's become quite sad. And as it is, as moms, we feel so judged. So you kind of have to toe a line between, yes, I'm, I'm inspired by this content, but I also would like to see a bit more realness. And there are, there are some people on social media who keep it real, like, like keep it genuinely real, like the ugly truth kind of real. And if that, if that's what you're seeking, seek those out and follow them and try and remind yourself that there is balance somewhere in between is my opinion. It is hard because I've fallen into that trap so many times. And like you said, I found that really interesting is that Instagram doesn't really hold space for that kind of thing. And Sam, you, you've had experience with whenever you, you do post something that might be a bit. I keep telling you, yeah, I keep telling you this. Like my personal take is when I show something raw and uncomfortable, people will DM me and be like, Sam, are you okay? Do you need yeah. to talk? Like, should we be they, worried? They DM. They don't share that. Yeah. To, and, and the yeah. reason why I'm being vulnerable is so that I can um, show moms. other moms that they're not alone. Like, I'm okay with that crappy moment that I had. I'm sharing it so that you can see that I'm not perfect, right? But I always get the DMs like, oh, my God, this, this woman's falling apart. Can I, you know, can I help you? And then when I post perfect Sam pics of my beautiful family and their coordinated outfits and my, my four-year-old being super cute and my, my baby smiling finally for a picture, um, those are the posts that get the most engagement. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the thing because this is why for me, whenever I have this kind of conversation with, with other ladies, I think it's, it's easy for the audience for, you know, for us, cause look, I'm, I'm also a consumer of content just because I'm a content creator doesn't mean it ends there, you know, but I think it's easy for us to sort of, you know, demand <laughs> reality. It's easy for us to demand the, you know, the vulnerability and the, you know, um, be, yeah, the uncomfortable raw moments. But when those do appear, like you said, Charlene, then celebrate them. You mm. know, when you do come across a woman who is, you know, showing her all or whatever it is, or being open about an experience, then engage with that content, because that's what you keep saying that you want to see, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, at the same time, like what you were saying, Sam, you know, that that for you, you know, you've had those moments, and I've had those moments a couple of times. But I think maybe, for me, it's gone to a point because I've been so honest and open about my my postpartum uh, journey and my my journey as a mom in general for the past how many years have I been doing? A few years, right? Um, a lot of people who have been following me know to expect that from me, but mm. there will still be some women who in the in the comments actually they'll be like, "Oh, keep going, you know, you're <laughs> doing such a great job." And, I'm like, thank you, but that's not really the kind of, you know. Not it wasn't what I was saying. Like, it's not what I was saying. I'm not saying, guys, I feel terrible and I don't want to be a mom anymore. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that th- I found this moment in my life, in my mommy journey, really difficult. And I'm sh- and the, the usually the premise is I'm sharing it so that you also know that it's not just you, you know. I mean, all yes. of my podcast episodes are you're not the only mama, dot, dot, yes, dot. Yes, yes. You know? So... So that's the whole aim of it. But you'll still have people who don't necessarily, they're not ready to quite go there, you know, to those sort of like more uncomfortable spaces, the more, um, you know, darker for lack of a better word, put that in quotes, um, you know, areas of motherhood. They're not ready. Some mm. people are just not ready. And I understand that. I get that. But if that's not for you, then it's not for you. So I think 
I think I think we as consumers of content, audiences, uh, followers, I think we do need to give content creators more grace. I don't mm. think it makes sense to demand a raw photo from the account that has never shared a raw moment. Right. It doesn't make sense. Like, why? You are following me for my fashion tips, for example. Why do you need to know when I'm having a really dark moment? I'm having an anxiety attack that has nothing to do with my content, mm. you know, or you're following me because I share, you know, um, DIY tips of, you know, my home. Why do you need me to post a photo of my kid crying in, you know, in the tantrum. hallway? Or it even, even, no I'm a beauty blogger. Do you really want a close-up of my acne? Exactly. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. If they do, then great. But I think we just need to also respect that even content creators have boundaries, you know, mm. celebrities have boundaries. We're people at the end of the day. Yes, and right. so if we're not comfortable sharing something, then, we're, you know, hopefully we're not going to do it. For me personally, I feel like the culture at the moment has become much more voyeuristic. And, um, you know, that's why things like vlogs and stuff are doing really well. And don't get me wrong. I watch vlogs myself, but personally, I wouldn't put myself out there. I wouldn't put me and my family out there just because that's just not the type of person that I am. That's my personal boundary. You mm, know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So let's I chat about that accountability. I'm going to get myself into hot water. I know that I'm going to piss a lot of people off right now, but I, I need to use this as an example. We're in a pandemic. It's uh, 2021 and... People in the blogosphere, especially in South Africa and especially the mom community, it's quite small and it, it can fast become an echo chamber where we all forget that Instagram is so much more than just the, the you know, 50 people that, that we follow and, and chat with, you know, in, in the course of a day. So what seemed to happen and everybody shares the same posts and you're all talking about the same thing. So what happened a lot over December was there were some bloggers or were sponsored by a mall or a, I don't know, cinema or, or something like that. And they were chatting about going to the movies. Um, and obviously, let's, let's call it like a stoichemical sponsorship. I'm not sure what it was, but something like that. And then they went with their kids to the movie and it was like a hashtag ad go to Stokinical, this movie's on, here are the safety measures in place. And you had a lot of people jumping on going, that's so irresponsible, how dare you? And uh, there was almost like a call-out culture around it um, in that you you are in a time of COVID where we should all be careful and in this, the time of the second wave, you should not be doing that. That's completely irresponsible, telling people to go to movies when they should be staying at home. And I went, hang on, um... I know how difficult it is just with a trade exchange, which is literally when you're getting a service or a product in exchange for posting on on your grid. I feel loyal and responsible to, to that brand to get the word out and to do what I said I was going to do. I don't necessarily think, in my opinion, that those bloggers should have gone, that's a responsible Stokini core. I'm not going to do that. Each to their own. I am a, I'm someone who stayed home all of December while I might have looked at the content, I had a decision and a choice of whether I was going to go to movies or not, right? Just like when I am passing a billboard on the highway, I have a choice whether to, to take that off-ramp and go to the McDonald's and um, buy a Happy Meal for my kid or go straight home and, and you know make a meal for him. 
I don't see it any differently. And I really think you, you talk about having grace and mercy for um, content creators when it comes to their feed, but now we're going into paid for content. And a lot of, a lot of bloggers are, you know, kind of under fire by consumers and even, even other bloggers in that they shouldn't be taking on certain campaigns because it's irresponsible. So I'd love to get your take on that because personally I kind of felt like, hang on, guys, you're an autonomous being. Surely you can choose and decide whether you listen to that paid-for content or not. Yeah, I I kind of have... Um Oh, I've got an opinion. I've got a mixed bag of opinions, to be honest. You know, it's it's not as black or white for me, um, mostly because, yes, I'm a content creator myself. Um, and I'm, as I said before, I'm also a consumer of content. So for me, from a content creator perspective, personally, I like try everything, not even try everything. I know that I'm at a, a level of my career as an influencer. And I say that with a bit of a cringe on my face because I, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's also a topic for another conversation. Um, the, the whole influencer marketing thing, you know, uh, the label of it, it's just gone a really bad rep. But mm-hmm. um, for the sake of this conversation, yes, I am an influencer. I'm a content creator. And I know that my voice has power. I know that what I have to say and what I share has an influence. That is the point of it all. I am not doing this um, with my eyes closed. I'm not being like, oh, well, oopsie, you know, uh, you know, like I, I definitely take my responsibility seriously um, before I share anything on my social media. Most of the time, you know, there are times I go on the fly, but most of the time it is very like, you know, I read over it. I, I, when I'm doing a video or podcast or whatever it is, I listen back to it. Is, is my intention coming through? You know, what am I trying to share? What am I trying to do? What am I trying to prove um, with this piece of content? Um, mm. But to be honest with you, that has come from the fact that I've been doing this for a long time. I've been working with brands. I've been working on my content for a long time. So I've gotten to this level where I can say Thank you, but no thank you to certain Mm. um, products, to certain services, um, to certain brands, you know, and that's also because that's just who I am as a person. I am very, um, I'm very sure of what I like and what I don't like that rubs some people the wrong way, but that's who I am. And so if I don't want to work with you um, from a professional level, then, you know, I don't have to be mean about it, but I'll just say thank you, but no thank you. I don't think this is going to be a right fit for my audience. Um, Look, uh, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people, a lot of people uh, think that all influencers just take the money on the table. Take um, money, take the freebies. Posts. Yeah. Yeah. Take the freebies and things like that. I can assure you that I am not one of them. I know other women who aren't other bloggers and influencers in the space who are not like that as well. Um, unfortunately, as with everything, there are people who, who, who don't, you know, um, they don't follow the same values. They don't have the same uh, outlook on things. Some people do, you know, take the money and, and go mm-hmm. for it or take the free products and go for it. Personally, I don't do that. I do interrogate every brief that I, you know, that comes across my way. Um, does it make sense? Is there something that I can just try out and see how it goes? So I will never, um, you know, mention a product or 
a service or anything like that on my platforms that I personally haven't tried myself. And I make that very clear with all of the brands that approach me and they say on Monday, you know, they're like, Hey, I want to send you this product. Can you post this by Friday? I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. You're giving me how many days, four days to try your product out, like it, enjoy it, find it helpful and then create content around it. And then mm. post on Friday. No, I have a minimum of two weeks, you know, depending on what the product is, like say two weeks, uh, you know, that I can actually, in, you know, incorporate it into my life. If it works, great. If it doesn't, thanks, but no thanks. Um, and so that's how I work. But I can't say that that's how everybody else works, right? Mm. Um, but on the other side, I do think that, look, we're all adults here, okay? Um, and especially now with the law being that we as content creators, we need to actually disclose when something has been given to us as a gift, when something has been given to us as part of a sponsored campaign, the hashtags are there, the declaration is there. You as an adult should not be looking at you know, my content, for example, as if that doesn't exist. You see there I have written hashtag ad or paid partnership with so-and-so. That is telling you that I have received something in order for this content to be on my page, right? Um, I don't think it's fair then for people to look at that kind of content and then say, oh, but, you know, you're just, you're, you're influencing me in the wrong way. Because for me, I'm like, but do I not influence you in the right way too with some of my other content? You know, mm. I, I don't think it's fair to sort of almost pick and choose here that you will believe my word on certain posts that I share, but you won't believe me, uh, you know, with other posts that I share, even though I'm being paid for it. So if you trust me, and you follow my page, I and mean, going back to Instagram, of course, if you trust me and you follow my page, then should you not trust that even the sponsored campaign, there's some kind of integrity behind that, that mm. I haven't just taken the money and just blindly posted that on for you. So mm. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of muddy water when it comes to that kind of um, uh, thinking, to be honest, and we're not children. And that's the reason why you know, advertising to to children is banned in a lot of countries because children don't have the cognitive skills of understanding that they are trying to be influenced into purchasing things or to using certain uh, services. But as adults, we should be able to, like you said, Sam, we should bear our own, we should be responsible for our own decision making. If I'm looking at your your feed and I love your style and you said, hey, I got this from, you know, this store, then I'm like, okay, thanks, Sam. Great recommendation. I was looking for something like that and now I'm going to go and buy it. Just like you said, it's like a billboard, but it's on your phone. It doesn't, it, it shouldn't force you to make a decision. That's the way I see it. And so just finally going back to the 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 cinema um example that you use <laughs> yes of course we are in a pandemic you know we all know that we're all aware of it i personally don't i don't want to focus my entire content around the pandemic um you know i want because life is going on things are still happening we still have to work we still have to raise our children and that's the content that i choose to focus on most um and so for those people who do still want to take their kids to the cinema knowing all of the restrictions and the the rules by social distancing, etc. let them make that decision mm. themselves. Mm. You know? Funnily enough, you say that. And as I said it as well, I realized like I stayed home throughout December, 
Um, and Charlene, you went to movies on Jesse's <laughs> birthday. Yeah, and I'm that mom. <laughs> but here's you know the, what? <laughs> I was just listening to what she was saying, and I was thinking to myself, I didn't, I didn't see the back and forth about that particular paid for content. But what in the conversation now, what it has made me think of is if you are in the market to buy a car, for example, and you're looking for an SUV and you've done searches on SUV, you get retargeted advertising pushed onto your social media feed because the powers that be in the interwebs pick up (laughs) based on the algorithm that you are in the market or you're interested in this certain topic. So um, if, in my opinion, if someone is posting about the movies, if I'm in the market to want to go see a movie, it would be very helpful to know what restrictions and COVID protocol and um, precautions are being taken in order for it to make it a safe environment for me to take my children during a pandemic. So I would see that as a helpful post. Another mom might not because she's too fearful to go out. She's like, don't even, don't even think about going to the movies. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. However, I still get to decide. I, I, I wouldn't in my personal capacity, it's not my nature to judge a person for the paid for content they have agreed to take on or not take on. Um, it's not the gospel. I, I don't have to take it as, well, yeah. this person says we got to go to the movies. Yeah. So yeah. fuck, I better round up the <laughs> troops, people. Off we go because so-and-so said so. I mean, it's, it's exactly. how it works. Exactly. And I That's think exactly it. The beauty of it is, and that's the crux of this this whole podcast, you know, as a as a brand, is we tout no judges. And the great thing is, Charlene and I, parents, we a lot of our thoughts and ethos is the same, but we we parent differently, and we're in different phases of our life, and um, we do things differently, and that really cements the no judges mentality for us. So I think it drives me insane when I see the call out culture happening. And people wanting to cancel each other, you know, online. And I'm just like, hang on, what makes you so sure that you're right? It drives me insane. And dare I say the, the bullying. But this isn't what this, this is about, though. I don't want to go into that. I don't want to, you know, dis- disrupt the hornet's nest. But it's exactly that. If you don't, for me, if you don't see what you like in on social media, and that's Instagram, whatever the YouTube algorithm brings you, Facebook, just mute it or like you can manipulate that algorithm. So I have more to say on the algorithm, but before I get into that, Aisha, I wanted to really, there's something that um, has been on my mind and I wanted to chat to an influencer about this. And you might've been one of them that um, whose content I, I was exposed to that did this. And that's, so we've just come out of the festive season and December because of Christmas, um, I'm assuming resulted in a lot of paid for content where in and I'm not sure whether it was across the board or just in the momming community but influencers and content creators actually prepared the audiences for the onslaught of okay be prepared because a lot of my grid posts are gonna be paid for content and <laughs> and influencers were very honest about their paid for content not getting as much engagement and then there was a plea almost, um, that might be the wrong word, but there was a, a lot of influencers coming on and going, please support my paid for content because this is what keeps this this 
my page going, you know, and this is what, what kind of feeds my family and allows me to bring the content that you like. And I have to be very honest with you. I'm not, as a creator, from my creator perspective and from a consumer perspective, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about that. Um, and that might also be because I struggle to ask people for help. So <laughs> while we, I don't know, I might be a hypocrite in this instance, I am not comfortable with, with being said, please like this so that I can continue. I'm just like, hang on, no, make it worth my while. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, what is your take on it? What What do you think about um, this issue? Well, firstly, yes, I actually was one of those influencers. <laughs> I'm so glad because now well, we can get great, stuck into it. Because now we yeah. can get, yeah, I want yeah, to hear what hard works. It. Yeah. Look, for me, right, and again, I cannot, because I, I know exactly what you're saying with this whole con cancel culture and call outs and things like that. I always feel like I have to say I cannot speak for everyone, mm -hmm. right? But for me personally, on my side, right, I create, I would say, I'd say about 85% of my content is organic. As in, when I say organic, I mean, it is not sponsored. Nobody has paid me for it. Nobody has, um, and by nobody, I mean, not just brands, but my followers. Yeah. Um, I am not charging my followers to uh, consume any of my content. You know, all of my blog posts are free, my videos, my Instagram, everything is readily available for people. And as we touched on in the previous, um, like, sort of like topics, it takes a lot of work to do that, you know. Mm. So, yes, from a creative point of view, because um, I am a creator, I am a creative, I love doing what I do, but there are times when. I'm like, you know what, I really don't feel like posting today, but I know because my audience is a very loyal, engaged audience, they're expecting me to post about something today. They're expecting some kind of, um, hey, you know, I'm cheering for you kind of post. So when I do post the vulnerable moments, like you said, Charlene, please like my content, you know, because I'm going outside of, you know, my normal boundaries to kind of expose something that I'm not quite sure about, right? Please go, go ahead and engage on my content. Most of the time, people do. What does happen, and I know this because I've seen it, I've heard it, I've been told it, people don't like sponsored content, just mm -hmm. as a whole, right? Um, I see you, Sam, you don't like it. And, and, or, me, or, and I've noticed as a creator, people don't like it. People don't like so it. So from both right? sides, I'm also going, oh my God, it's, and I will get into this. It's also the same yeah. influences and that's maybe also a brand thing that if you see one cam a certain campaign, certain campaigns have mm. like a whole bag of the usual suspects mm. doing mm. the same and it's just like it's, it's much of the same, you know? And so because yeah. I follow all of these people, do I diligently go and... I can't just like, I must also engage or I must save and I must share. And I'm just like, mm, I, it's, mm. it gets exhausting as a consumer. A but I'm nodding so also I because that. I notice when we do sponsored content, um, yeah. the little bit that we do, the engagement is next to nothing. Right. So from that perspective, for me, and this is, you know, I, I touched on it earlier, that for me, if you are following somebody because their organic content is great or you like their personality or, you know, I've been told, and this is, it really isn't one of those things I'm like, oh, people tell me this. No, it's just that I've been told <laughs> that, you know, 
people find my posts inspiring. People find my posts helpful. People find, you know, some women have told me that, you know, I, I, I saved them on their breastfeeding journey because I shared another YouTube video. I um, made them aware of their breastfeeding rights or so on and so forth. So there is a trust that I hold very dear to me, right? And so when behind the scenes, I'm negotiating these sponsored deals with brands, I'm pushing back um, they try and maybe give me a script to to read off of and I say no, or they um, give me copy, you know, a caption that I need to and I say no, I write my own captions, I can include certain information from you, but it has to be from my own voice. There's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. And so as a creator, going through all of that and putting together all of the other free content that I put together to post that online only for people to actively say this is a sponsored post i am not going to engage on it and for me i don't find that that that's fair Mm. i think if you don't like the post that's one thing but a lot of the times people actively say i don't want to engage on this because i am being um this person is being paid to speak to me right now and that's why i'm saying i don't think that's fair because if you trust me in all of my other content. If you um, have been inspired by some of my other content, if it has helped you in some way, I'm not asking for anything back. The only thing that I would like, and that's why I made the plea, I'm like, guys, I don't really ask you for anything really back for, you know, the, the value that my content is providing in your life, but it really will help me for you to just engage with the content that is coming out that's sponsored, because I know that for some, it kind of goes against your natural, (laughs) your natural reaction. So that's basically it. So for me, I, I also understand from the perspective of, you know, um, as a consumer, you don't like being advertised to, but let's be real. This is 2021. Advertising is everywhere. Mm. It is everywhere Mm. in some form or another and like you said Charlene if you're in the market for the thing that I am promoting to you then it's for you if you're not then it's then it's irrelevant to you and that's fine move on but I don't think um you know there's some people who have told me in the past they're like oh but you know I've been following this person And, um, you know, I love her content, but when she does sponsored posts, I really, I don't want to even engage. And so I'm like, okay, but you follow her for everything else, but you're not going to follow, you're not going to, you're deliberately not going to engage on the one or two pieces of content that she has Mm -hmm. that's sponsored. Um, And that's another reason why for me, I don't take on all of the projects because then my, my, my Instagram page will just be a billboard Mm -hmm. all the Mm -hmm. time. I personally, I don't want to have that. And I want to bring in some kind of balance to it. And then on the other side, um, I think this is also a conversation that would be great to include brands. Because like you said, Sam, how do the brands and the PR um, agencies and the advertising agencies come up with the strategies that decide, okay, we're going to have on this campaign, we're going to have Aisha, Sam and Charlene on it. And then two months later on this campaign, we're also going to have Aisha, Sam and Charlene on it. And they're going to say this, 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 this. I think there also needs to be some responsibility put on the brands as well and how they approach influencers and how they put together 
together their content strategies mm. um, because not unfortunately not every influencer um, has the same values as I do and not every influencer can turn away work mm. and not every influencer can assert themselves and say you know what I'm going to write my own content or I'm going to put together my own um, script for example so you will have a lot of the duplicates and I think that's 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 where you know, some of the responsibility also needs to be placed on the brands and how they choose the influencers. For me, I don't decide who else is on a campaign with me. You know, mm. that's not my, that's, you know. It's, it's been, not within your control. It's not within my control. There have been times, maybe if it's a smaller brand, I might ask who else is on this campaign. A lot of the times they're not at liberty to actually share that kind of information. So, Which makes it tricky also, because if you were, if you yeah. wanted to treat it as more of an exclusive uh, in in interaction with that product or brand, mm. you you can't really do that because you have no idea what's happening outside exactly. of what you're being commissioned to to for. That's exactly it. Yeah. So so I have to say on that paid for content, I don't look at um, a post that says hashtag ad and go, that's an advert. I'm not. I mean, we've all read magazines and we appreciate a nice Gucci ad and can jog on, you mm. know. Mm. Or, um, you know, buy into it because it's something I need. You know, I'll be in a baby magazine and be looking at the Medela Comatites and go, oh, he has a special at Baby City. I'm, you know, same thing for, for Instagram advertising or social media advertising for me. It's it's also, I think, whatever I'm interested in. So there's a lot of like, yeah. there's a lot of mom bloggers who are also uh, plant moms and plant people. And Charlene knows like, that is not for me. I don't understand it. I, I do not have a green thumb. I'm not one of those people that have like, Ray takes care of the plants in in our house and when he's away, they die. <laughs> so if um, a blogger is sponsored by a plant place, I'm probably going to scroll past it. If at this stage of my life you post something about a baby, I'll probably engage and comment and, and, and. Can I interject there? I want to ask you a question. Uh, both of you, I want to ask you a question because it's, it's very interesting to me. I, I, I'm at a tug of war here on this topic. Me too. Um, because <laughs> I, I come from a sales, advertising sales and mm. marketing background. That is, yeah. my, that is my career. It's always been my career, okay? Yeah. So when you look at a YouTube video, for example, and that little ad comes up that you can skip in four, three, two, one seconds. Mm. Do you skip the ad or do you always watch it? Answer me that. For me, it depends on who the video is by. If it's by a fellow content creator, I do not skip the ad because I know that that's taking money away from their pockets. Okay. If it is from um, a big brand, uh, you know, or yeah, so people who are more well-established, not people, but brands, then mm -hmm. I skip the ad unless it's an interesting ad. But I, because I am a content creator, because I know how a lot of it content works. creators make money, I know that skipping the ad is, you know, it, it like I said, it's taking money away from them. So mm -hmm. I will leave the ad on. Sometimes those ads are long, okay? So <laughs> these days, YouTube, YouTube even has two ads before you watch something. And mm -hmm. so I will, if it's a two ads type of situation, then I will maybe leave the first ad to play and I might skip the next one if it's too long. If it's like 30 seconds and 30 seconds, cool. I'm going to make myself a cup of tea while I do that. You know, mm. or I'm going to send my friend a voice note <laughs> while I do that, you know, and instead of skipping because it's, no, you know, that's, that's the, how very I support, kind of you. 
because yeah, so, you know yeah. how it works and that you, exactly. you're offering your support in that way by, yes. by letting the system pick up that it had a view and, and exactly. this happened. Yeah. However, you didn't actually always watch it. So even if you let it play, you're going to make yourself a cup of tea. You're not actually actively watching the ad, A. Eh? Uh, no judges. I'm just, I'm stating just the obvious, yeah? yeah. And B, it, 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 it speaks to the point again of if, if I'm in the market for an SUV and it's an SUV ad, I might actually watch it. But yeah. the truth of the matter is I have a choice. And not every consumer out there who is in the know, like you and I, for example, who work with this kind of thing, like mm. most of our listeners might be, understand that concept. So I can I have understanding for where influencers or content creators are saying to their audience, hey, please do me a solid and this is the reason I'm asking, okay? Yeah, yeah. On the flip side of that coin, I have to be devil's advocate and think to myself, and this is just my personality because when I found out when I was young that there's actually a placebo tablet in the contraceptive sequence of tablets that you take I was infuriated that I got bullshitted <laughs> in this manner I've been taking that, that pill this whole time <laughs> like why should I take why are you lying to me about this okay I have trust issues let's just put that out there so when I I I'm I'm vehemently supportive of having a choice I have a choice and just because Van Gogh worked hard on Starry Starry Night doesn't mean I have to like it or buy it or go see it when it's exhibited so I will jog on if I know you've worked hard. I also work hard. Nobody gives me props for half the shit I work hard for. So, so, so just because you tried hard doesn't mean you get to win the race is my yeah. argument there. Yeah. But it got, it speaks to let's just be kind, support each other. It, yeah. if it, it doesn't cost you anything yes. to hit a like or engage mm. a little mm. or whatever. So I guess mm. You, it, it boils right down to, are you brave enough to ask as a content creator? And yeah. you made a very interesting point earlier where you said, if it is something you explicitly are not interested in and you don't like what I'm putting out, I'm not expecting you to like, but exactly. to like and engage. But what I am asking you for is if you find the way that I've packaged this or the way that I've put this out interesting in any way or helpful, please make and not make an effort, but make it known to me and those around you, which I can appreciate, but a lot of it uh, comes across to me. And I don't know why I feel so obligated when I read stuff like that on social media or why I get my backup. I'm like, no, I don't owe you a yeah. like or an anything. I can sit here and look at it and think I like it. Why do I, why do I have to do that? So I'm asking as the devil's advocate, if there are any of our listeners out there that feel sometimes as I do, and I have to remind myself, yeah, but Charlene, this is their livelihood. This is their job. This is their hard work, blood, sweat, and tears. So they're asking because they're passionate about it and they yeah. trust you, their audience, to mm. buy into what they're saying. Mm. Bearing in mind, though, that not everybody in your audience knows that you, Aisha, use a very... Um, your discretion and and you curate what you accept as paid for uh, partnerships and right. what you don't and yeah. it's hard it's hard not to know that about influencers because there's not really a lot of talk about how you choose your campaigns and mm. and i guess if you see a lot of like sam says if you see the usual suspects 
oh, so-and-so is doing a campaign because I happen to follow five mommy bloggers who all got the, the PR pack delivered. You're like, oh, more of this. More of yeah. this. How authentic yeah. is this really? Beacon's yeah. trying to tell me something, people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Charlene, like to you, this is exactly it. For me, It and that's why the plea that I had, you know, I hate calling it a plea because it does sound a little bit <laughs> it's a wrong word for you it know? it's like a yeah it's a call out you're calling yeah, your audience calling your audience request. it's a request yeah yeah it's a request um and let me tell you the when i i i put a, a request out on my youtube channel last year as well as on my instagram you know because i knew exactly that because people don't know a lot of people, if they are not content creators themselves, they have no idea. I still get asked questions like, how do you actually make money out of being an influencer? They don't understand even the basics. Right? We get it. How does podcast work? It. Like, how do, Wait, do, you, mm. do you get paid or like, do you <laughs> yeah. get a salary? Um. So, yeah. So a lot of people don't know. And so for me, I'm like, look, you guys are listening to me talk about how difficult it was to, you know, I had hemorrhoids. I told people about hemorrhoids. Can I not tell you about how I earn my money and your support is powerful in that your mm. support plays a massive role in how I make my income. I'm not going to lie about it. I'm not going to be deceitful about it. You know, I am always going to disclose that something has been, um, uh, I'm getting money from this. And mm -hmm. so when I have explained or asked people, guys, please, can you engage with my content? You know, I've got some sponsored content coming up. It would be really great. It's A, because I know that people, like you said, have their backs up a lot of the times when something is obviously a sponsored post. That's why just on the side, by the way, not outing anybody, but there are still some influencers who do not disclose that it's a sponsored campaign so that they can get more engagement. More engagement, which is also right? not fair because, I mean, not even not fair. It's not really it's lawful. Deceitful. It's not. It's mm. deceitful. Okay, let's be real. I, you know, I, I always... You know, I disclose that I, um, I and I also so so that's a B. It's also that I know that some people don't know. All right. They have no idea how they can support me. Um, I am a figure in their lives that some people are like, oh, you're like my imaginary best friend or whatever. I'm like, hey, great. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> I love you guys, too. Can you please support me in this way? And I have to be explicit about it, unfortunately. Um, I wouldn't want to because I would love that everybody understands how it works. But some people don't like, share, subscribe, ask, like, share, get. subscribe. You yeah. don't ask, you don't get. Exactly. Mm. And then also, lastly, exactly that. When I, uh, you know, put my sort of request out there, I'm not like, guys, you have to engage with these con mm. this content piece. You have mm. to. No, it's like, guys, I'm putting it out there because I know a lot of you literally turn off as soon as you know it's it's sponsored even if the photo is amazing even if the caption is great even if the video is a beautiful video you just will withhold your engagement deliberately because you feel like you don't want to be duped by the system and mm. so i am putting this out there please go ahead and engage if you really don't like it i'm not going to force you to do that but if it's something that has been, oh, okay, maybe like you said, Sam, for you, it's not that interesting. You're not really like a, a plant uh, mama, right? But you know that Charlene is. You mm. can share that ah. with Charlene. That's engagement. You know, mm. you can be like, hey, Charlene, 
you know, tag Charlene at, you know, her handle and stuff. Great. That's engagement. So that's what I mean by it might not work for you. Just like with my organic content, you might not be breastfeeding right now. So the content that I'm talking, uh, that I'm sharing when it comes to my breastfeeding journey might not really, um, you know, apply, apply to you. Apply or moment. be relevant to you. Yeah. But you have a sister who just gave birth and she's struggling. Hey, so-and-so at so-and-so you know, check this post out, or you can share it on your stories because you know that some other women might, um, might benefit from it. That's really what I'm requesting because okay. a lot of people mm-hmm. don't understand that it's not a one-way street. It's not just brands giving us money. Those brands also, um, by the way, for some people who might not know as well, they also, um, they measure the success of the campaign based on certain metrics. And Mm. a lot of the times these days, engagement is one of them. Mm. So now if you have somebody, um, maybe this campaign with uh, brand A didn't go well last year, brand A is probably not going to work with me again. Mm. You see what I mean? Mm. Um, And if that is like, if, if, that if I have brand A, brand brand B and brand C all not wanting to work with me because my engagement rate is low on sponsored content, mm, am I going to continue doing sponsored content? Am I going to carry on putting content out at mm. all? That can affect different influencers differently. So you have the con- the content creators who will create content for the sake of creating content because they just love to do it. Great, fine. Some people, it's a mix. Other people, they're like, you know what? It's not worth my while to put so much energy, time, and effort into this. If I'm not getting the engagement, I'm therefore not getting the brand deals. I'm therefore not making any kind of income out of this. You know, and let's be real. Like, at the moment, we've made money God, right? Mm, That's (laughs) true. So if we're not getting paid for something, are we really going to put that much effort into it? Let's, Mm. you know, let's just be, let's just call a spade a spade, yeah. And yeah. what's also what's also sad is that if brand A, B, and C no, now no longer want to work with, say, for example, the great equalizer, because in their last episode they said fuck too many times, then Guilty. that's unfair. <laughs> that's 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 not only unfair, but it is it makes it hard because Yes, I did say fuck one too many times, but what the topic that we were discussing, that we were putting out in our episode to our listeners was still helpful content. So Mm. it ties back to, I guess, like how Sam, you and I ask always at the end of every episode, like, share, please hit the subscribe button, uh, review us on whichever platform you, you get your podcast, because that's when topics and things trend on social media. And, and that's just how it is created to work. So you need your supporters to not only tune in and listen, but also to, to show and share so that, so that you can be more available to your audience. That's exactly it. And we're not the ones who've made up these rules when it comes to the um, the algorithms. The algorithms have their own <laughs> their own troops, you know. Um, we're just a slave to it at the we end of the day. We are just slaves to it. That's exactly mm. it. So, you know, it, 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 for me personally, I'm like when people DM me, they're like, oh, I'm not really seeing your posts anymore. I'm like, that's how it works. If you don't engage, you're not going to go see engage. Go in, and that's when go you engage. like... Yeah, I I stopped seeing a particular vlogger who I really enjoy and I went and I was just like, please excuse the like, I'm just going to go and like everything and like, you know, 
turn notifications on for your stories because I really actually want to get your content. I'm finally seeing your yeah. content. And I'm guilty. I'm guilty of scrolling without without liking but then yeah. and as a hypocrite you know when I that's my personal page when I move over as a creator and I'm on the great equalizer I'm like guys just like this please <laughs> you know so I'm I'm very ambivalent or it's it's not ambivalent I'd, I'd, I've got like a really mixed bag of feelings I'm always offloading to Charlene like I don't know what to think about this this makes me angry but um I really wish that listeners would do this and you know I'm so I'm really like a mixed bag and that's why I love discussing these things so that and each to their own everybody's entitled to yeah. their own opinion um I just hope that we have enlightened uh, our listeners, whether you are a content creator yourself, um, th- that you feel the a little bit more thereof as a parent. Yeah, that either way you feel a little bit more enlightened about um, this whole thing, you know. And also, I have mm-hmm. to say, you have a choice. That alg- you are, yeah. yeah, sure, we're all slave to the algorithm, but at the same time, you can manipulate that algorithm. And so, if you're feeling cuck about yourself. Because of what you're ingesting as a consumer, um, change that up a bit. So, Aisha, I, I, we always end with the bottom line after the interview. But, Charlene, I think maybe it might be worthwhile to bring in our bottom lines with Aisha mm. on the line. And so, what's a, what's a bottom line for you, Aisha? What's a takeaway, firstly, for influencers slash content creators? And what's a takeaway for consumers or just the average Joe moms that are listening who who look at content creators as, you know, celebrities who have their shit together? I think for me, um, bottom line for influencers and creative uh, content creators is know your power. You know, I think it's all good and well to, especially ones who are starting off now or who are just starting to get big now, to want to have that sort of a t- to want to get that kind of um, like praise and, you know, uh, love from people, but also know that you, yeah, with great power comes great responsibility. It's a bit of a cliche quote, but it's true that, you know, we cannot just be um, creating content in a vacuum. You know, we need to be mindful of what we're putting out there. Um, And yeah, uh, when it comes to the consumer, I, it's the it's the op, well not opposite it actually goes hand in hand know that you you have power in this as well you can unfollow people and I've told this to people before if for whatever reason they are not feeling good exactly what you're saying Sam um, I'm following certain accounts and I really don't feel good after doing it press unfollow that's your feed your your personal cyberspace is up to you to protect. It is on your phone. It is in your home. You are reading things and consuming things while you're with your kids, maybe, um, or with your husband. You're taking time, effort, and energy away from them. Make it worth your while. It should feed you. It shouldn't be something that takes away from you. And you you are the only one who can control that. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Mm. I love that. Charlene, do you have a a brief bottom line? Well, I guess I, I... uh, this has given me so much to think about. I'm so glad we Different had this conversation. Different way of looking let at, me, at the whole thing. Let me thing, just put yeah. that because, I mean, Sam and I, we're, we're, yes, we're content creators, but we're not influencers in the Instagram sphere. Our product is our podcast where we're having this discussion. And we've also had um, 
brands approach us and want to do things with us, which makes it tricky because we have to always be like, our our platform is not our social media. That is not where we're where we have influence. It's not even our we website. Inf- yeah. That yeah, it's not even our website. Those are all just tools that we use to help our audience get access to our actual product, which is which is what we're putting out here in these discussions. And I think a big takeaway as content creators for me is to always remain true to ourselves and our objectives. Because our objective, Sam, as we know for this podcast, is to create a community, a, a level playing field, a no judges environment where we offer a space where moms can come and listen to us either bitch or talk about our challenges or talk about our victories. And when we have questions as mothers in our parenting journey, we bring experts in their field on to enlighten us because we don't have all the answers. And so as content creators, when we do get approached by brands, I think a big, a big uh, golden rule would be to always remain true to, would I as a consumer actually use this product? Would I buy into it? Or am I just allowing them to advertise on my platform for the sake of collecting the money? I think that's where your the make or break comes because your audience does not tune in to hear about what product they believe you think they should use. They tune in to get help, have a sense of community, the reasons why you started your product. And and that for me is a big thing. Stay true to your DNA. Your DNA is the help in the community or whatever your DNA is for the TGE that is to have a have open uh, objective discussions about things and not make moms and parents feel judged. And it can relate to anything, whether it be social media or sex or or schooling or whatever it is. So that's a big takeaway for me. Remain true and, and keep your integrity because you will have success if that if that happens because that, that will show your authenticity to your audience. Mm, yeah. And then I think as consumers, it's important to remember that if you think that we've screwed the pooch or we've we've had a, a balls up, <laughs> tell us. Tell us because you have that power to tell. We're talking to you. We're talking to you because without you, like, you know how they always stand at the Oscars and they're like, I'd like to say a big thank you and send love to my fans <laughs> because without you, we wouldn't be able to do this. Or like singers, like if you didn't buy my records, I wouldn't be. That's exactly the truth. We want to say thank you to you because we're at your mercy for tuning in and listening or in, in influences on Instagram's um, uh, case we're we're at your mercy for engagement you know and even though the tge isn't uh, uh, an influencer in the instagram sense of the word we don't consider ourselves influencers at all and we we're not hoping to have influence over women we're hoping to help and create a sense of community and educate you know we don't know what the if we're doing it's just yeah not because we know everything but because because we don't know everything we want to find out and we know that there's other moms who also don't know what they're doing so we want to help and so um yeah if you could tell us that we've helped you or that we've uninspired you or whatever then that helps us to improve what we're bringing you I have a thought here and I'm going to close off with this um, because I'm bossy and always like to have the final word, as you guys know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And that I just want to do this. 
I'll tell you why. Aisha, I'm in awe of you because you, I feel like you're a trailblazer in this content creation business. And um, I'm so excited. We haven't even chatted about your podcast. And I hope that, that we'll continue to, to have you on. We are the, if you think about it, guys, we are the first generation of media. Um, I say this as like a, from a traditional journalism background. We are the first to traverse this like weird, whacked out online world. And I think it's hard. And I think that's why it's ripe for all the fighting and infighting and like things that are happening because we're all grappling with something that there, there has not been a precedent. So that's the applause. I think that we're all doing an amazing job as moms, as content creators, and even as consumers. So Aisha, I, I, we're going to put all our listeners in touch um, with your platforms. If they aren't already following you, who the hell knows why they aren't. But exactly. They and if you haven't listened to the whole Mama Show, guys, Mama Show, go. Yes. Season one is phenomenal. I loved it. I enjoyed every every interview, every episode. If you haven't listened yet, go, yeah. people, go, go, go. I skipped Thank the you. as I skipped the um, episode on babe on baby loss and miscarriage. <gasps> me too. Me too. I, I, did I was too. pregnant <laughs> at the time. I was pregnant, and yeah. I was just like it. Eh. So I protected my energy there, guys. There you but go. now, there now you go. I want to go back because I yeah. I don't feel as vulnerable in that moment. So mm. Aisha, um, yeah, we're gonna be be plugging you until the cows come home because we are so chuffed. Thank you to have you Thank on the you show. Thank you so much to both of you for yeah, just a great conversation. I think it's um, I always love that we as women can come together and have a conversation without being bitchy, without being exactly what you said, judgy, you know, we're just sharing our opinions and having just a healthy, healthy debate, you know, I think that's mm. great. So thank you so much for having me and for having this platform where I can actually um, expose my potty mouth self a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can never, ever, you will never, let me promise you, you will never outdo Sam and I. Let me just <laughs> assure you of that fact. <laughs> Maybe not publicly, but my friends know a very different side of me. <laughs> so, so thanks so much, ladies. Thank you for that. I really appreciate um, you. Yeah. What did you call it, Sam? I think you called it like side side what side swipe side swiping me. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. all I'm all for it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm I'm super chuffed for the b debate, and uh, I really hope that we can pick your brain more on a future episode of the Great Equalizer. So, how about we keep talking? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anything, this this conversation <laughs> um, motivates that, this conversation that we just had. Uh, listeners, if you didn't know this, you now know this. Um, <laughs> please, if you want to chat with us or weigh in on something or um, you want to really support us, if you like what we're putting out or even if you don't like it or you feel the same, you want to swear, you want to cry or laugh, send us a DM or a voice note um, on Instagram at the Great Equalizer Podcast or record one on your phone and hit us up over email, info at thegreatequalizer.co.za. Also, feel free to tag us in your Instagram or Facebook or Twitter posts. We love seeing what you guys are into. It helps us uh, create our discussions. It's exactly what prompted this discussion, just seeing what 
um, other moms in our WhatsApp community groups were were chatting about. Um, yeah, so feel free to share with us what is kind of on your mind. And I mean, this is really the the kind of support that that we as content creators or or of the creators of this podcast really need. It's so important to us. You have no idea because that is the make or break of what we're putting out here. If every like, every love, every share, every comment, your engagement with us on our social media platforms, but also on the platform where you consume or listen to the actual podcast, writing a review there, clicking the subscribe button, sharing a link to the episode with a fellow mom or a friend who might relate to whatever was discussed in that podcast, whether it be breastfeeding or sleep, baby sleep, or the newborn phase, whatever it is, or schooling, that is the support we need because that really gets our our content out there. And that's how we can create a community of moms that support each other. Mm, So whether it's good or bad, hopefully good, don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and rate us on Facebook so that other people can see that we exist. Um, and hit that subscribe button so that you know when we have something new out. Exactly. It's literally that. The more we're seeing, the more engagement we have, the better this podcast will do and the more we'll be able to put relevant, helpful content out uh, for you and any other mom out there that you might know. And so that's it for this week. Until next time, keep keep your your mom game game strong. For more on today's show, please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizer.co.za or catch us on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or on Facebook. If you want something a little more personal, email us at info at thegreatequalizer.co.za and we'll get back to you. Charlene, that's it for this week. Until next Until time. Until next time. Keep your mom, keep game, your mom strong. game strong. Wait, let's do that again. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>